This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Your podcast is about gender. Well, well, yeah, because I just, you know, I just listened to so many podcasts. I just had that. I, like, I, I want to try doing one, and it just seemed like uh, it was specific enough to have a niche, but general enough that you could pretty much talk to anyone. Yeah, you know. And then I just I. I was like, you know what? I should just do a solo one so I figure out how to do it before I ask someone to sit there and talk to me. So I just did this thing about trans. And then um, then I had another idea uh, about, oh yeah, abortion, abortion comedy movies. Abortion comedy? Abortion comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it was called Dead Baby Jokes. It's just about, I was, um, I was, I did it because I noticed that some of these comedians started talking about abortion. Louis C.K. I think Chris Rock was the latest one. He just made a joke. Basically, the joke being like, well, it is you're, you are killing a baby. And that makes people it's like this um, involuntary laughter because it's true. And that's it's like shocking, but it's true. You ever see any of those? Yeah, I think I remember that joke. Yeah. Well, like Louis C.K. is just kind of saying, you know, I I. Look, it's it's not killing a baby, okay? Well, I mean, it kind of is killing. Okay, it's 100% killing a baby, but I still think you should be able to do it. Yeah. And then Bill Burr says something like, um, yeah, I'm pro-choice, but you know, you are you are killing a baby. Yeah. You, know, you, got, you got a baby inside you? You want to get it out? So you, you go in, it's like, and then you come back out. Where's the baby? So I, I just thought that was kind of that made me want to look at the sort of the more mainstream stuff and all these sort of pro choice propaganda and the way they have to talk about it there's, yeah. there's just like um there was a an abortion road trip called uh unpregnant some girl from euphoria and this girl haley she's really good she's from um white lotus the second season she was jennifer coolidge's assistant yeah. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she's a great actress. So she just she plays a girl who um, she's in high school. She's going to go to Yale. She's really smart. Her she has this boyfriend who's like just this dumb guy, and they totally play that up. So he just he's just like this dumb, and he turns out to be kind of evil, just so you don't have to worry about his feelings. And she gets pregnant, and she wants to get an abortion, but she lives in Missouri, I think. And you can't do it without your parents' permission. And her parents are shown as really uptight, devout Catholics. So she has to go to the nearest clinic where she can do it. And it's somewhere, I don't know, like a 40-hour drive. And she doesn't have a car. So she ends up um, contacting her estranged childhood best friend, who's now kind of like an outcast, vaguely lesbian. And it's like this sort of they're, oh, so now you want me? And they're they're like feuding. And wow. of course, they they become friends again and they heal each other's trauma. 
but it's this comedy adventure about her getting this abortion and to do that you just you can't ever acknowledge that it, there's a, a big you know this this fundamental truth yeah yeah and it's like even the like louis ck someone wrote about it, this woman wrote about it in vogue kind of criticizing it and it's weird because he's liberal you know despite his masturbation thing he's still kind of like He's ostensibly a pro-choice liberal guy, and he's taken seriously by the people who write write in Vogue. And and she was just kind of like unable to admit that he was making a, a joke. Right. He's like, he's, he's, he's playing it both ways here. And I know he's just trying to provoke. And I just think, no, he's not. He's just, he's a comedian who cares about laughs above all, right. I think, you know? So he's willing to... To, to say something like that, it's more important to him to do that than to um, than to be correct, you know. Um, not to go on about it, but there was another movie that was a bit more high profile with uh, uh, a girl who was I can't remember her name. She's a she's a comedic actress. She was on SNL and then she got she got fired for cursing on air. She's Jewish. Um, I can't remember her name. She got fired for cursing. Yeah, she said fuck or something on SNL. Yeah, like accident, accidentally. Oh, get, really? Yeah. Um, and, and she. Uh, I didn't hear this. It's uh, it was like a. Um, Jake Lacey was in. No, hmm. it was like a rom com about. You know, they, they have a one night stand. She gets pregnant, and then it's like, should I get an abortion or not? Oh, um, and so it's sort of an inversion of she doesn't know this guy and then she keeps running into the him and they like each other. So that will they or won't they question is, is she going to um, tell him about the baby? <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. Oh, Jillian. Ro yeah. Obvious child. It's uh, Jenny. Jenny Slate. Um, I want to say she's the one that that got fired. I could be wrong, but she's a beloved comedian. And again, it's like this kind of like it got a lot of praise. Oh, finally, a movie that just treats abortion like something normal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but it is kind of creepy because it's it's um, whether or not this guy knows doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, and yeah. in the end, hey, yeah. spoiler in the end, uh, you know, they, they do have the typical like misunderstanding where they're not together. I think because. Uh, I can't remember why, but then he shows up for her abortion, and then it's like at the end they're together, and they're talking, and they're talking. Shows, talk shows yeah. up for the abortion. He shows up, which yeah. is like the showing up for the birth. At, yeah, at the last minute, but it's the reverse. Yeah, I have actually two friends uh, who, of course, I won't name, but I have two different friends who are not right wing, um, who were dating women very seriously in various in in like different scenarios and the woman got pregnant and they wanted to keep it the, the man and the yeah. woman just went and aborted the kid uh, and you know it's like without their approval yeah. and it's like because it, it's it, there's this whole psychodrama of it's their choice and you know mm -hmm. what in my opinion uh what the re woman really wants to hear is no you're not doing it you know like like yeah. no no you're keeping it yeah like, like you have no choice but of course, these men went to like great lengths to 
uh, you know, show signal that it was mm -hmm. their choice and say, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not yeah, gonna, blah, 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 blah. I'm not gonna be pissed. I'm, I won't be mad. And then the woman aborts it. And then it's like, the man hates them forever. You know, you're never gonna yeah. like truly forgive. You're never gonna really forgive them for that. You know, like you're, you're gonna pretend that you don't care and you're gonna pretend like, oh, it's fine. But in reality, you're going to be so pissed. I mean, it's just a natural yeah. thing, right? And it is something they 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 should protect the woman from that choice because I, I just don't totally. think I think people don't know what it is really, or the, our default right. pro life is think pro choice. About it. Exactly, and and the thing is, it's like it really is. Um, oh well, there's some sort of what just happened. There was like a thumbs up thing. Um, oh. No, I don't know. Maybe someone's doing. watching. I don't think so. Are you dreaming? No, I'm not. This is different. Um, so, so uh, yeah, in reality, it's like, it, I remember when I first learned that, you know, I come from, again, an ultra, ultra liberal family. And my grandfather was like a gynecologist. So he was doing abortions all day. And, uh, you know, for me, it was always like, oh, uh, you know, it's not a it's just like a little procedure, you know, it's not, it's yeah. not like, and then you learn later that you have to find out on your own because they don't tell you in health class or anything. Yeah. You learn, oh, it's literally going up there and chopping it up and mm -hmm. vacuuming yeah. it out. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's this horrifying thing and you're just not told about that. It's, it's yeah. kind of amazing. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know where you stand on this. They, everybody uh, seems to think that, uh, the reason Republicans lose is because of the abortion issue. And I, I don't know. I mean, you do look at the numbers. Yeah, it, like, seems, it seems like they do. I mean, yeah. um, I, to me, it's, I don't know. To me, it's like about hearts and minds. I, I don't yeah. know. The legal battle seems so, although I guess they're, I don't even know about that. I guess the, that Roe v. Wade thing is. Yeah. Um, so now it's illegal in some states, I think. And uh, in some states, harder to get yeah yeah uh, and everybody I, says like it's a losing issue you know like well, the, the republican shouldn't uh and you know they shouldn't they shouldn't care about it it's it's actually a loss you know it's like oh it's oh you think that uh, the supreme court overturning roe v wade is is a win but in fact it's just gonna embolden the enemies and everything like that i mean i don't know i think obsessing over abortion is probably yeah. like not good and yeah if single women can vote you got to be you know, if I would like, if I'm really putting myself in the shoes of a single woman, yeah, and you're fearful about getting stuck with the baby the rest of your life, you know, you yeah. can understand like they want to oh, preserve yeah. that right. But I still don't think that that means we should treat it as this very like meaningless thing. You know, yeah. I, I just wonder where that comes from. I mean, it seems to come from eugenicism. I mean, I, it also is like uh, I I thought recently a lot about the whatever happened to the china one child oh yeah rule what happened that, that was like I yeah i grew it, up when yeah talking about that yeah and like that was a very communist thing that china did and it's like very like you know state control of of your lives and everything but then they got rid of it yeah. and i wonder why i don't know why china stopped doing that uh i don't either i i know that because of that and because of the preference for boys i'm sure a lot of girl babies were sort of killed or abandoned somewhere yeah i have read that there's just this huge discrepancy between men and women there there's this whole right. generation of just guys they're not going to be able to find a mate yeah because so they're just gonna have all these like angry incels yeah 
uh, which sounds like a recipe for disaster. And I think they realized that. I yeah, think they, I think they realized like, oh, we can't. And this is why, you know, the the um, there was an article in today's Wall Street Journal about uh, Davos, oh, yeah. and apparently at this year's Davos, like. For for a long time, Davos has been very left. Yeah, meaning like very much for state control, and China was an example of a successful, you know, state controlled society. Whereas this year apparently was the first year where like you know Malay talked the the Argentinian yeah. guy, and it was like there seemed to be like a, a vibe shift at uh, at Davos of going towards. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, this banker Jamie Dimon, is yeah, that yeah, is it? Yeah, Dimon. I think he's a Democrat, but he was saying, "Look, Biden's got to cool it with this. Like, oh, MAGA is the enemy." Yeah. He's like, you know, Trump. Trump was kind of right about a lot, and these people don't vote for him for his family values. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, that is a mistake. I think a lot of people make. It's just you're constantly relitigating: is Donald Trump? a good person or not. Yeah, <laughs> right. And right. and then you say, well, do I mean, look at these other politicians. And then you get into this game of like, well, who's worse? Yeah. And yeah. I like, I don't care. I'm just saying. Right. No, I mean, Trump problems. was right about so many things. That's the thing. Like, you know, the the immigration and you know, they, they really are taking cues from, you know, Alex Jones is correct that yeah. They're taking cues from the party of Davos. It's like these people get together and they kind of do set a global agenda. Oh, wow. And I think that their global agenda for so long was unmitigated immigration, huge control over like personal freedoms, you know? And I think that that stuff just doesn't work. People yeah. don't like it. And so now they're having to go to such extremes to try and keep Trump out when in yeah. reality, he, Trump was actually democracy working quite well. Yeah. Like it was like yeah. Trump was dealing with the issues of the day. Yeah. And like now you hear, you know, even Biden now you hear being like, oh, yeah, you know, what happened to the Rust Belt and what happened to American jobs is is bad. Mm -hmm. And it's like it took them so yeah. long to get to this realization that, you know, everybody else had you know, yeah. that, that better leaders had earlier on. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I don't and immigration too. I think I just saw something where it's right. Yeah. There's like both parties now. Well, right. Because I mean, how are you going to have, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're allowing. And it just yeah. makes you think like where, you know, somebody inside their system is telling them this, Oh no, you got to allow, you know, this is how it goes. And of course, Financially, they have every incentive because they want to pay people less money. That's what they, you know, and they want voters for themselves. But I do, you know, think that there is a sort of realization that these hyper liberal lefty policies just do not work for places like America. And I think, you know, you, you kind of get the sense that this time around, the shock of Trump is gone. And the fact that he's like winning so yeah. hugely you do see like, yeah, people like Jamie Dimon kind of being like, well, yeah, I mean, what are we really going to do? Are we really going to like pretend like <laughs> these aren't issues? Like, no, like yeah. we, we got to eventually own uh, these issues. But I always wonder how seriously to take it. You're pretty good on Twitter about sort of pushing back against the, the uh, you know, people, conservatives who are getting hysterical. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what you said recently, something about this is the equivalent of that. Yeah, the competency crisis. Yeah, competency. Yeah, it's like a we're going to fly out of the we're going to fall yeah. out of the sky. So it's yeah. the same with yeah. someone else, Alice from Queens. Do you know her? That twitch. She's a it's she's like 
just tweets. I don't know who she is. Yeah. She's more of a like contrarian. Uh, she just likes to uh, call out things. And she said, yeah, in invasion is the conservative version of climate change. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like we're yeah. under siege. Right. So I just don't know how to. Yeah. You, you see all this horrible footage. I mean, you just like it. I mean, it looks like it's out of, out of control. Just people yeah. pouring into the country. But then I wonder, well, I mean, we, we have three billion people here. How? How? I don't really, I'm too enumerate to really understand. Like what the impact is. Yeah, what the well, impact is, you know. It's a weird thing, right? Because it's like, you know, it, when the Irish came, when the Jews came, when Ellis Island happened, I don't think there was any immigration law. Like we were taking whoever we could yeah. get. Like there was no, it was like, if you show up and you survive for a couple it, oh, of years, yeah. you get nationalized or naturalized. And once you're naturalized, you're good. And there was no like, there was no wall. It was like, hey, come on in. You yeah. know, like we we need people. Like, you know, come to America. It, it only strengthens us. And here's where it gets really awkward though, right? Because all of those people were white. <laughs> and so, yeah. so, you know, now you have this situation where the entire global South is coming to the global North. I mean, I talked to an Uber driver once from El Salvador and he was like, I was like, you know, he was clearly illegal. And uh, we were talking about it and he was very open about it. You know, he was like, it, like so many of those people love Trump because yeah. they get it. Like, yeah. he's like, he's the only one who understands what's going on. But uh, he was like, you know what? I, you know, basically what he said was I was a subsistence farmer in El Salvador. Yeah. You know, like there, he was like, there was no money at all. Like <laughs> we didn't have, we had no money. Like it wasn't like there was any money and so we were like we saw on tv like <laughs> you know this is where you go and get money and we'll go here we'll send money back right that's kind of the yeah. idea and he was like and then i just walked here he yeah. said i got up one day i like joined one of these caravans and i just walked to america and I, I was like how was that and he was like it really wasn't that hard he was like it was kind of you know it was it, it was took a long time i think he said it took like three weeks or a month and uh, and he was like, that was it. You know, I just walked here and then now I send money back and any money that they're getting back there is better than what they were yeah. getting, which was zero. You know, so yeah. it's yeah, like that's it's it's obvious. But the thing is, you can't it's just not sustainable. You can't like you know, for whatever reason, we were able to accommodate all those Irish people. And I think largely because they didn't send everything back all the time you know they became part of the thing here whereas now you're just bleeding you know you're you're destroying the culture so you think it's mostly people just using it to send money back to i mean i think there's a lot of that i think yeah it's like these people are coming from cultures in which or situations in which three dollars is yeah. like that's going to give you whatever you want for a little while you know you're going to be able to go to the store and buy whatever you need whereas Back when it was the Irish, it was people coming here and and also there's, of course, the welfare state problem, which is like back then, if an Irish person died on the street of homelessness or disease, nobody yeah. was yeah nobody was helping them. You know, that was it. You were just dead. Whereas now you have so many layers of of uh, help. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of thing like I would. Yeah, I would do it, too. I mean. If I was that guy, I would do right. it too. It's kind of like when they asked Trump, yeah, when they asked Trump about the tax dodge and the debates, and he was like, "I because I'm smart." 
the, the you know it's it's legal so i do it yeah right but it probably yeah. shouldn't be legal but if it is legal i'm gonna i'm do gonna it. do it right and so it's like when you have an open door policy which we had again before yeah. this common era but i kind of do agree with you it's like the invasion thing it's like i i kind of see what they're saying but it, more and more i feel like the the left's cries of like racism and anti-semitism they actually are correct in like in a lot of ways they are much more the problem is the left has way overused it like so much yeah. that it, it it's become completely irrelevant the the like calls of racism because they've just used it too much but in like the older i get the more i kind of think like they are correct that the right is fundamentally racist like they that is true like it, right. it is actually true and immigration is one of those the competency crisis is one of these like it's this kind of like belief that white people have that you know black and brown people being around is going to ruin things for them and then it's it's going to mess things you know it's, it's, they're not going to be able to live side by side and i think i mean i don't know are they right? Maybe they are. I don't, you know, that's that's kind of the difficult thing. Like, how do you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the competency crisis is supposed to be about affirmative action mainly, and just yeah, yeah. DEI. Yeah, um, DEI, and it's like oh, that's what Scott yeah. Scott Adams talks about that. Not that right. he did something that was going to kill anybody. He was like just in business or finance, and yeah, he claims he was told, you know, that you can't. We're passing you over because you're white, <laughs> right? I yeah. don't know. Um, well, and the idea is that it's like they're going to fill all these jobs with black people who can't do the job. And then the planes are going to fall out of the sky. Right. Which is, you know, I, I don't I that it seems a little as I tweeted, it's going to be this thing where it's like every inconvenience in your life. It's like how leftists view climate change, like the, the normies of L.A. I'm sure you've experienced this. You go to the park with like some dads uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it'll be raining. And they'll be like, oh, climate change. You know, it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, before God. it was the drought, before it didn't rain. And they were like, oh, climate change. And now it's raining and it's like windy. And they're like, oh, man, climate change. It's out of control. And it's such a like chicken little sky is falling yeah. thing. Yeah. But I feel like this racism, it's 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 when when you're online and you're talking about things in the macro and like these things like the competency crisis and policy issues. Just normal people, like if, they're, if your kids all go to the same school, then you've already been vetted. You're all in the same class, more or less. No one's going to be like, oh, I don't want you going to the black kid's house. Or or if people on a job, I think, like if, if you're working with a bunch of people, different races or whatever, I, I, I don't know. It just seems it's less uptight. You're able to kind of acknowledge the difference and joke about it, maybe. Um that's what Chappelle's show did, right? It yeah. was, it was yeah, right. like, yeah, totally. That was like the peak of like racial getting along in America. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was make, it was about making white people uncomfortable, I guess, but it didn't feel mean spirited. It was, it was just like, you know, yeah. just let's talk about this. Um, although I guess he did quit the show. He thought he felt like, he felt like it was, People were laughing at him or something. Well, something happened, right? He had yeah. that. He had that um, uh, series where he told that crazy story. He like read a piece of a book about. I forget exactly what it was, but he kind of indicated that like something really bad happened, like that he got really like mm. 
I think that he got really um, like cheated or tricked. Yeah, he seemed yeah. to be saying maybe it's like a QAnon thing where it was because it was like he was it was fifty million dollars that, and it was a huge deal at the time. I mean, yeah. still still pretty big, but yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. where's comedy at today? So you are you are you write for the Blaze now, right? Yeah, um, and you're kind of their culture. Yeah, writer, you know, writer. trying to yeah. Um, I've been doing more editing now, trying to get other people to write for me. There's this guy Christian Toto who writes about Hollywood. He's kind of known on the conservative beat. He's really like good, crisp. Uh, Christian Toto. Christian Toto. He has a podcast. It's called Toto on Hollywood. Toto on Hollywood. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and it's like coming from the right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds he, yeah, cool. He, yeah. He's cool. He, he, and he, and I don't really have to do much to his. Um, so what's his perspective? Like, what, oh, so you're editing. You're like, you're he editing. just, he just did an article about. Oh, nice. Wow. Hollywood Toto. Look at this guy. He did an article about um, just sort of like six comedians who are willing to just roast the media. Yeah. Know, and just kind of, you know, it opens with talking about John Stewart. Yeah, he used to make fun of Fox, but uh, nowadays it's mostly these right-coded guys. Some of them weren't even like Joe Rogan is just, I think, just wants to be a normal guy, but he got pushed to the right because of the reaction of people. It's like Rogan, Adam, no, yeah, Corolla. Um, there's this guy Jimmy Dore. He's yeah, Jimmy like, Dore, super liberal. But well, but yeah, but he like horseshoe he's thing, horseshoe. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Dore's horseshoe because he he he's like a Bernie bro who like yeah. turned against the regime, right? Yeah. But hey, yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of like grouping people like that together and yeah, building a, a wider coalition. It, it's nothing right. against Sebastian Gorka, but it's like very limited. Yeah, it's not very, it's not very welcoming. You know, good morning, patriots. Yeah. It's, it's like I'm someone who lived my wife. Not that we talk about it that much, but to try to like be an ambassador or explain it, yeah, um, that's not the first thing I'd I'd show her. Yeah, although you know, I I, I can listen to him. I don't care. Yeah, we got to get away from the Good Morning Patriots shit, man. I mean, it's like it's it's so uh, it, we just need a new right. There, that's what we're doing. I mean, we're we're creating a new right. Yeah. People like you, I mean, NRP. You're, you're doing yeah. NRP, right? Yeah, new right, new right post. Well, and well, yeah, that's my the idea with with this align. It's supposed to be just kind of like the normal. Not there is an opinion section. I don't do that. I sometimes write for it, but it's just supposed to be like lifestyle coverage and just kind of with the assumptions, with, with certain assumptions yeah. that we take for granted the way that, you know, I, I will take for granted that it's not crazy to be pro-life, for example. Right. You know, you don't have to have a disclaimer when here, here's like, you know, five coffee companies that are pro-life, that support pro-life causes. Yeah. But um, wait, so what is going on with, there's new founding, there's a line, there's the blaze, there's what yeah. is that whole ecosystem. Yeah. So uh, I, I found, I got into it because Matthew Peterson, who is a Claremont guy. Yeah. So who is Matthew Peterson? He's like been around. I like him yeah. a lot, but yeah, I don't... he's, um, you know, I was meeting, I was in Dallas and he was talking and he, him and the opinion editor, Ben Boychek have known each other for 20 years. So I was just listening to them talk about all these people on the conservative scene over the years. I didn't really know any of these names or I knew some of them, but um, he, I discovered him when I was in the process of sort of, you know, Oh, what's this, what's on there? What exploring the right and listening to other people's opinions. 
and they, they have a podcast called the American. Mo well, you, you yeah. write for the American. Monkey, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I just found their podcast. I mean, you, I was, you found the American mind podcast. Yeah. Okay. And I'd been listening to whatever I could find. So I was listening to Ben Shapiro, yeah. which it's fine, but it, it is very much like what you expect it would be. It's yeah. like the the very tightly produced sort of the ads for weird, like gold no, or, gold. or yeah. yeah, it's all gold. Um, and, and very kind of predictable. Um, but, I just don't understand who listens to Ben Shapiro. Like, to me, who, it's like just all the Fox News people. It's, it's like just, boomers. It's yeah. just like boomers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you ever see an, an older guy driving a car and just listening to terrestrial radio? Yeah, that ugly. I never hear it anymore. That just sound of like filling up that silence with like yeah. the, the traffic report, and yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, to me that is so depressing. Yeah. And the horrible <laughs> ads, but it's kind of like they they like it or they don't yeah. know any better. Doesn't occur to them. Yeah, it's to, like the Rush Limbaugh. It's like Rush. Limbaugh yeah, Limbaugh listener. Yeah, like the Rush Limbaugh listener moved to Ben Shapiro, which is so weird because Shapiro is such an annoying little schmuck, you know, and whereas Rush Limbaugh is like the big, you know, it's, they're so different. So it's just strange that people, I, I literally like, I sometimes just do not understand how certain things work because it's like Ben Shapiro, you would think, yeah, sure. He does the work. Right. But it's like, he's so lacking so many things well, it's yeah. like why do people listen to him rush is more like he's a real radio guy yeah who knows how to Whereas ben you know, sounds like that's really really fast and, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and it's like yeah if you're really craving right wing shit and there's yeah. nothing else you'll go to yeah. ben shapiro but it's like it's not a pleasant listen really you know whereas brush you can kind of get yeah it. yeah i guess it's people that want to i mean you know he's very it's not meandering yeah. it's very organized it's segments and if you want to kind of just address all the issues of the day and, and right. figure out you what you think about it. It's useful for that. But I haven't listened to it for a long time. And um, I mean, I guess they're, they've got kind of an empire, I guess. So, I, I, okay. So you were listening to Shapiro and then you well, yes. found American mind. Yes. Okay. And I was like, Oh, these guys are different because they're just kind of, well, it's more of a just round table talking. <laughs> yeah. They're chill. Yeah. Uh, they're the one guy, James Poulos. Yeah. Poulos. Very smart. I, and he just, he looks, I mean, he doesn't look like a, a dude with a, like a button down shirt. He's, yeah. he's kind of, for lack of a better word, hipster. I mean, yeah, he did used to have a band, which was, and he had a mustache when I started listening to him. So I was like, well, this guy doesn't like read the certain way Is that I expect. Video? Is it a video? No, but I, but you just like I knew him on, like I saw him on Twitter and he wrote a book about Tocqueville um he's i think he has a phd in poli sci but anyway i started listening to it and i just thought it was and it was funny i thought it was the it, it wasn't this hysterical defeatist thing right right because i really started listening it was around covid everyone was getting radicalized by that and pissed off and then um i th i believe they like many people thought trump was going to win and they were sort of making fun of of, of kamala harris and one of them said something like, it's like you you fed a bot like NPR transcripts and, <laughs> and just like the things she says. So so I enjoyed that. And then I followed Matt on Twitter and then he posted something. He started posting about this thing he was doing called New Founding. And I were looking for all sorts of people and I just cold DM'd him, which never worked for me before. I said, yeah, I'm, I work in like marketing for studios and stuff. I'd like to 
uh, I like what you're doing. I'd like to apply my experience to, to help you guys. And it took a while, but then he was hooked up with new founding, which was started by a guy in Dallas, this guy, Nate, who, um, he's a finance guy. And I think he has some kind of real estate fund. He's also a lawyer. And so he was doing more of a business thing. I, I think right now, one of their things is like job placement. So they're building a network. Yeah. So it's like yeah. non-woke seeking non-woke. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, there's another way to describe it. I, I'm always at a loss. Woke, non-woke. It seems so inadequate, but it just means you're a company, you want a programmer. You don't want to worry about any of the ideological baggage that has nothing to do with his job. Yeah. Sort of building your own sort of uh, a business ecosystem. And now I believe they're doing a kind of real estate thing where it's sort of not homesteading, but neighborhood uh, steading. Network where... state. Yeah. So it always seemed very new founding seemed very all over the place. Well, that's like, why a yes. million different things. Like at one point it was like the, the something layer of the internet. And I was like, trust layer. Yes. The trust yeah, layer. And like, I get the on? idea. I get the idea. The idea being that if you build, if you somehow build like a Twitter or a social network, that's much more gated and, yeah. and linked to in person that so that you can everyone's kind of vetted um but yeah they were trying to do too much yeah matt peterson he's like the sort of writer thinker he's he's a phd i believe in um philosophy or poli sci so align was the cultural side of it and um eventually they realized we're doing too much we don't really know what to do with the line so they made this deal with the blaze I was hired to write a newsletter, a men's lifestyle newsletter. So I just kind of created a template, you know, just very short, uh, uh, just like four categories, the same in every newsletter, not that long, maybe like a three minute read, sent it out every Friday. And uh, we just never really monetized it. I mean, I had an, we, this guy Har Harrison was yeah, working yeah. there and, and he's good with like the mailing lists. And, right. and so we, we built up, you know, a decent amount of people reading it, but we never figured out what to do with it. And everyone was just pulled in too many directions to make any decisions. And then I, I think they, and then for a while they were like, oh, maybe we should make more of like a consumer guide on the website. And then they just decided to sell to the blaze. And I think it's a better fit. It's just, oh, I see. So that's why, yeah. They, so, they so, Matt, like... so Matt kind of just went over and brought his uh... people with him. And uh, now, because the Blaze already had an existing kind of like a news a, a yeah. website, so it's just expanding that. And and they have they have these. I guess Glenn Beck still does a show, and they have right. various other pundits, and they're they're all in Dallas. They have Glenn Beck has a, I believe he has a lot in the same studio where they shoot or used to shoot. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. The Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I've only gotten to know Dallas. I've been there a couple times now, and yeah. I understand it's horribly hot in the summer. But yeah. Yeah. this time of year, it's pleasant. It's flat. It's hard to get to some flatness. Like twice or three times. Yeah, Dallas. I'm not a fan of Dallas. I have to say that Dallas is not not one. It's Dallas is like everything that you think would suck about about like Texas. Dallas is pretty lame. Houston, I love. I love Houston. No, I've never been. I know people Houston's from there. I've always 
thought of it would be swampy and humid. it is it's very swampy that's what people people think of texas as like you know dry and open spaces yeah. houston's basically new orleans it's the same okay so if you like new orleans you can yeah you can it's deal the same with houston. temperature it's like it's like uh you know the spanish moss it's it's totally swampy you um, like the ghetto boys you know that group they're yeah, they're from yeah, fifth, yeah. fifth ward i used to listen to them all the time but i've never been to houston houston's cool i've been predicting like the houston like that Houston will be like the city in America in, in, you know, 20 years, but I've been predicting that for 10 years and it hasn't happened. So it's spread out, right? It's like LA <laughs> spread out. It's just, it's when well, they have tunnels, you know, they have these like tunnels in downtown. Did you know there's a tunnel under downtown? Houston? It, yeah, it's the, not oh. the Jew tunnels. This yeah. is the uh, Christian tunnels under, under Houston. Oh, <laughs> hmm. oh wow. Look. Yeah. No, there's tunnels and it's like it's like, yeah, the whole of downtown Houston, it's like an indoor mall underneath the city because it gets so hot. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like these air conditioned like tunnels. Um, great food, great vibes. You know, yeah. Houston's like a very like free place. You know, it kind of feels like you can do whatever you want. Oh, OK. It's not pretty. You know, it's not yeah. a pretty place, um, but it's and yeah, it's kind of lacking a core culture. You know, yeah. like unlike New Orleans, where everything is about like signaling the fact that you're in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, Houston like totally lacks that. But I feel like over time, Houston just has to get really cool. Just be given the the factors that are there. And there's so much money. Yeah. There is so much money in Houston. And it's like when there's money and there's like freedom, I feel like good things happen over time. It's just like moving very, very slowly. Um. So what kind of stuff have you been writing about so far? Uh, like, well, do you have your newsletter still or not? No, uh, okay. we just, I, I, we were thinking, are we going to do an email newsletter right now? We're just doing, it's a subscriber model. So that's, we joined them. They redesigned the website, uh, got rid of the ads and switched to subscription, just like something oh. like $5 a month. And then there's blaze TV, which is these, all these various podcasts that you can also get as a package deal. And um, I'm trying, we're trying to figure out what people were experimenting right now. Uh, definitely one of the, the things that seems to people like are these listicles, you know, yeah, um, yeah. which I'm not against them. They'll love listicles, even after uh, all this Christian time. Toto wrote something, uh, 20 secretly conservative movies. That's great. And that was a nice little list, you what know. What was on it? What was on that list? Uh, Ghostbusters was one of them, you know, because it's against the sort of, they're in the private sector. It's these professors yeah. who go into the private sector dealing with the bureaucrats and yeah, yeah, tying yeah. their hands so they can't get rid of the ghosts. Um, I love it. I love it. I'm trying to remember what else. I'm drawing a blank, but um, there was Armageddon, my all-time favorite film, very much I, like a right wing. He, did, he probably didn't include that, but yeah. I I did watch that recently for some reason. Yeah. I I was just marveling at this completely different era of movie making, yeah. just so over the top yeah. and yeah. lavish, and and movie. like what I guess what you call a four that or quadrant movie they yeah. put something they don't really need to do that that much it's anymore. a criterion collection pick i tell everybody the armageddon is actually very underrated and it's it's a tie it's like a, a moment in time i mean for me it's yeah. like a nostalgic movie like it's me that, too you know but it's like it's actually a great it's a great film yeah it's I, I, perfect I, cast it's it's got everybody cool in it it's owen wilson bruce willis yeah. uh ben young ben affleck yeah, it's they're they're great. I think it opens. Willis is uh, Jimmy's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, I, it's incredible. Well, he's 
Willis is hitting golf balls at a Greenpeace ship. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think exactly. it opened Going that back, way. It's like right, and, and you're then, on his side, like he's like yeah. Greenpeace people are complete idiots. And like, then it's idiots. like he catches Ben Affleck. He knows they're dating, I guess, but he's like shooting him, or yeah. shooting at him, and it's kind of like looks like he's trying to hit him for yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just love the whole getting the Motley team together. The yeah. the the. Uh, yeah, they, Will Patton's like, in there. All the great. Yeah, dude, Will Patton's in it. Will Patton, Such he's a good. See, I like. He's in. He plays the villain in the Kevin Costner movie Postman, the post-apocalyptic. Yeah, one he did after Waterworld, and he's like a Xerox salesman who somehow becomes this Napoleon type figure. Yeah. Oh, like, really? Like I've still he, never he's seen there and get the special leather uniform. You see him. There's like a a. a a flunky is like is doing a portrait of him. Is it's it like, good? Is that good? The I mean, I it's like that. it is. I've never seen it. I have a soft spot for it. It's kind okay, of. I, I'm I mean, this. I'm watching this tonight. It's this goofy. It's the kind of thing that they wouldn't. I mean, it's a big budget. Oh, Kevin Costner is a huge post-apocalyptic Kevin Costner. Yeah. There's like Tom Petty plays himself, and he lives in a really? he lives in a dam. And he's like, hey, you're famous. It used to be. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> just, awesome. it's kind of goofy, oh, but I it's just. I think a subscriber here. I want to see these 10 other. Uh... So you edited this. You edited yeah. I, well, I suggested that to him. I was hey, like, let's Blaise, try, let's try a listicle. I can't sign into your website, oh. The Blaze. Uh, uh, here, I'll get you on mine here. I'll open it. Okay. I, um, I and I just, I just mouth. suggested he's doing something called the. The uh, I don't know how many he's going to have, but like the 10 Trumpiest movie characters ah. kind of tied to the fact that DeSantis, a lot of his campaign was a failed Trump impression. Yeah. I mean, what do you think happened there? What do you think happened with DeSantis? Well, I didn't follow him that closely. <laughs> I, 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 I did. And I don't really read comments on the website. I did write something about just uh, about something Tucker said. I just said, hey, Tucker's right. This is this is more than just Trump versus Biden. This is like this is about. Right, do you want to let a regime throw their opponent in jail? And they got all these angry comments by DeSantis fans. Yeah. And just the tone of the comments and the lack of reading comprehension. I was kind of like, Yeah. Well, I didn't realize there were people like this on on the right. They're just really angry, and um, I don't know what happened. I think maybe, I mean, he did have some of these weird meme type ads that he did right yeah yeah um i i didn't when i used to pay attention to him i he seemed fine to me like i i appreciated him when he was in florida talking talking about masks and just kind of being straightforward i really like him i i've always really liked desantis but i got really you know like I like I didn't want to go against the herd, you know, and, yeah. of, of hating DeSantis. Uh, like you kind of got to take cues from the people who know more about politics than you, which is for me, like everyone. Yeah, I, I got it. I got oh, it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Like. Like. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So secretly conservative conservative movies. We got as we started talking about. We have knocked up on here, and knocked up is like the reverse of the abortion. Yeah. Film. yeah. It's like they're gonna yeah. keep it. And it's like it's that sweet, and that's why it works because it's like yeah, there's a soul to it. Whereas nobody wants to see the movie of like, oh, we really thought about it and we're aborting it. I <laughs> yeah, I, I rewatched like yeah, you know, I rewatched Juno yeah. recently, and you know that is obviously she keeps she keeps she doesn't even really consider having an actually she does though. I remembered I watched it, and she goes in she's going in to get an abortion, and she sees some like 
nerdy Asian girl from school who has like an accent and she's kind of like says something like she's protesting and she's like, oh, oh, hey. And, and she's, the girl says something about, he has fingernails. And she thinks about that and that makes her not get the abortion. And oh. 20 years later or 15 years later, now Elliot, whatever, no, the director, I guess, or no, the screenwriter, um, Diablo Cody is oh. taking pains to say like, look, that's not, that's not a pro-life movie, okay? This yeah. was about a specific thing. But right, right. It clearly, I mean, it is. A woman was convinced by yeah, a pro-life fingernails, right? Not yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah. Totally, totally. It, Which is a, like compelling. Which is compelling. Right? Well, yeah. It's the left is the side. They're always like, believe the science. But with abortion, it's just like, oh, it's, it's not alive. It's too small. Yeah. How could it be alive? It's the size of a of a no, of a pin. It's, it's her body, which is like it's not. It really isn't. Yeah, but no, uh yeah, no, about- I, I love the I love this angle of yours of being like the like the gender issues guy on the right. We we don't really have that. You know, we don't have anybody who's like sane about it because you're right. It's like either you're just you know, abortion is one of these like uh issues where there's no like you always notice that the issues that people go the most crazy about yeah. are the ones that are the least clear-cut yeah you know like, like they're the yeah. ones that where there actually is ambiguity and that's yeah. where people are so certain that their way is the right way mm-hmm. yeah. so i feel like there's a lot of room on the right for somebody to like your well, podcast that we did we talked all about this movie fair play oh yeah yeah and it's like that's a great gender issues movie and i think there's yeah. so much there's so much analysis to be done of like you know, these yeah. academics have spent so much time, and I think rightfully, dissecting the Western tradition and showing that these are all male fantasies, right? Like, yeah. like that's that's true. And the reason why their propaganda is effective, especially for young people, is like young people are constantly feeling like they're getting red-pilled by their professor who's like, yeah. <laughs> actually, this... The, yeah. You know, the, this film is chauvinistic because it, oh, you know, it, it, it portrays man as the hero and the woman is this sort of side character. The reason why that works is because they're right. It is it is yeah. a male, uh, you know, it's, it is male driven, these stories a lot of yeah. times. Whereas now we have so much of this great, horrible propaganda that's like the, the new thing is every movie to me, particularly children's movies and like Disney movies, they all felt feel like they're written by an Asian woman. They, you know what I mean? Because they they all have this certain tone of like somebody coming from a foreign place where traditionalism is sacred, and then they have to come to the new world where everybody is more equal. And uh, there's always like the forbidding but loving father figure who is like, "We don't do this." Yes, yeah, exactly. They've got to like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want to be a kite flyer. Yeah, and and they have then they have to grudgingly understand. Yeah, Yeah, that's a big template. There's the like vaguely Jewish boyfriend who like they're bringing home to dad. You know, like and and it's every every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to be a kite flyer. That's exactly right. I mean, it's what best I could come up with. Uh, I mean, I I do like, I I do like when you find. You were talking to T.R. Hudson about these conservative movies that are getting better. Yeah. Right. And I, I agree with you. They're not quite there, but like they're so much better. They seem like real movies now. Well, the writing. So the, the the two that I've seen recently that really stand out to me are Nefarious. Yeah, I saw that. And I was I was surprised, too. I was like, yeah, wow. 
And Nefarious is like just kind of like it's it's schlocky as hell. It's like a total TV. It is, movie. It is but but speaking of abortion, that was pretty chilling. Yeah. The whole thing they did with like right. like that really was effective, totally. I thought. Totally. Um and I guess that guy's a real actor. I guess he was in Boondock Saints, the, the guy devil great. guy. The devil guy was so good. Yeah. And it, the, just the writing was interesting because, as you're saying, it's like even Juno, right, which is, as as you just pointed out, it's coming from the left, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But it's willing to, like, wade into these issues in mm -hmm. a serious way. Yeah. And that's what nefarious. It's like it's not that it's like hyper right wing. It's just that's right. that it's willing to address mm -hmm. these things from both sides, whereas the current regime, they're just never going to allow. Yeah. The things to be so discussed. I like when you find surprising things in mainstream movies. One of the things I wrote was about Jennifer Lawrence had this movie called No Hard Feelings. Did you see it? I oh yeah, that came out recently. It's what actually pretty that? good. Like I saw yeah. the, the trailer was just like a red band. It looked just like another like a throwback yeah. raunchy yeah. comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's about she's basically paid these this couple uptight rich couple in the Hamptons or wherever. She's a local. They pay her to oh, produce yeah. her her like prince their princeton bound sort of incel awkward yeah, I zoomer son I, I always I have yeah and going. and the irony is because he's i guess zoomer and sort of not like it's all about how hard it is for her to get like she's trying to seduce him and keeps failing and failing and he starts to fall for her but he wants something more and so i was just writing about how how much i was surprised i enjoyed it and how it's this weird uh, it's weirdly wholesome and pro chastity while still hitting all the expected beats. She's really funny, yeah. which I didn't, I mean, I guess I knew she was funny, but you see her in enough hunger games and you sort of lose interest and totally. you're just being she's herself. Great. She's amazing. She's, she's truly deserves every moment. of. Her and story. I also like that her character is, they don't try to pretend like she's just a normal, like she's not hot or charismatic. She's basically like the hottest girl in town that for whatever reason, is stuck there yeah can't leave so he's the nerdy kid's like well you, you didn't go to prom she's like what no one asked you and she's like no everybody asked me <laughs> teachers asked me yeah. but she didn't go she has like her her father her father was a, a rich city guy who had a fling with her mother and then oh, just left oh. so she's just and then her mother's dead and she's just got her house that her mother left her and anyway yeah it's just really funny she has this full frontal nude scene that's played for comedy and it's really it's hilarious. I mean, maybe if I were younger, I'd be more distracted. But I'm just sort of male menopause. I'm appreciating. I'm appreciating the 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 humor of it. It's just like she's getting to do like a fist fight with these teenagers, yeah. and she's completely naked and she's savage. Um, and 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 the kid is really good too. He's not a cliched nerd yeah. or like he's so yeah. All right, and and Matthew Broderick plays the the the, the dad oh. sort of like he's got like. This, gray sort of long hair and he's wearing like linen loose fitting. <laughs> he's just like yeah you know i just wanted to be ready you know i i the summer before college i had a sexual experience it really opened me up sexually <laughs> and the wife's like uh so it captured that kind of cringy sort of yeah oh sex it's like your life resume you just gotta experience the world man. right right yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah anyway so i like finding stuff like that and pointing it out mainstream stuff and and that seems to me that's how you win ultimately just kind of the culture slowly seep into the culture so it's yeah. not weird which is what i liked about those comedians 
crassly joking about abortion. I mean, Chris Rock was saying his was the worst. Some conservatives got it. They're like, well, this is good. He's getting it out there. And some were like, this is horrible. You see what he's saying? Because he was like, I when, I when I pay for an abortion, it's like ordering a hitman. I expect a dead baby. But said in his Chris Rock voice, you know, and <laughs> I didn't really see the point of getting outraged about it. it yeah. It's true. Uh, I mean, I suspect he is pro choice in a sort of nihilistic way but i i i think he knows what he's saying is true right. and that's be that's better than just i don't know just being it's reproductive yeah. freedom i, I keep yeah. talking about abortion uh just to me it's one of these issues it is very complicated because it has bodily autonomy and stuff yes. but to me it, it is a, it's a great example of the default programming that yeah. if you just want to get along especially if you're a guy like what hey i don't have any right to say anything about it which is bullshit. I, well, yeah. I, I don't understand. Like men have been so well trained to believe that. It's like, no, 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 no. If this baby comes out, yeah. you are legally required to support it. It's right. not a singular decision. You yeah. man can't just like run away. The courts force you mm -hmm. to be involved with it. So it's not, that's not true. The whole idea that it's just a unilateral thing. It's, but it's but even if it's not, even if you don't have a baby at stake, I think it's like a guy can, you can have, you can think about it and form an opinion. Yeah. You know, I it's, mean, it's maybe it's stricter when it's the law and you're like, I think you should, I don't, that's very complicated. The the legal issues uh, for me. Yeah. But, and I've heard lawyers say that Roe v. Wade was a bad law anyway. Right. It was. It was right. So, no, it's so bad. It's, so it's really like really they were right about that. They, you're kicking legal, it back to yeah. the states. So yeah. it's right. not as if it's some kind of federal ban on abortion. Right. It's just. Well, the the, issue, the thing about abortion is the reason why it became that is because the reason why it became this like unshakable totem is because actually the right wing, like the actual right wing power holders all want abortion. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. like, cause they are like, well, we don't, it's again, it comes back to race. They're like, well, we don't want them. You know, yeah. And, it, and it, it is, it is, you know, yeah. you can get into that. It is Planned yeah. Parenthood's racist. It is kind of the most babies that get aborted right. are black babies. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I, I, I always tell the story, what, like right after the road decision, I drove to the Rams game and you drive through Compton, you know, you drive through like, you know, South Central and there was a brand new billboard like presiding over Compton. That said something like, "Like we got you, girl." Planned Parenthood. Oh God, <laughs> that's like, like oh, that's like something God. in a movie. That's just like I was like, "What black woman sees that and isn't like, what the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, like oh, yeah, they yeah. were just like, "Get your baby aborted, black woman." That's wow. Yeah, yeah. I know. I wish I wish I'd taken a that, picture because it was so it was so perfect. It's but. just yeah, I um and. You know, yeah, okay, Republicans, yeah, they want to get their mistresses' babies aborted. Right. I'm like, Everybody, okay, yeah. fine, there's hypocrisy in the world. What, like what, it doesn't matter, thing. that doesn't affect the argument. Totally, totally. It's like a policy thing that, like, the smart people on the right are also like, oh, yes, we we must, you know, we must have abortion for for uh, for population control purposes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so, that's yeah. so sinister, Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, kind of I, when I was at, I went to a, a pro-life rally on Saturday. Really? to get some human, my idea is um, cool. like, you ever see humans of New York, you know, humans of New York. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I just want to do that. Human interest. I'm going to take some pictures, That's get some cool. quotes from people. Nice. Just use their first names and try to kind of show the variety of people there. I met a girl with purple hair with a banner that said atheists, pro-life atheists. And she was 
I mean, she was like probably 20, 21, right? And she had this eight-year-old girl, her daughter with her. Oh. And she was like, yeah, I got, I was raised kind of Catholic, but my parents were both pro-life, I guess. Like, well, she got pregnant when she was 15. My parents like really pressured me to get an abortion, but I just knew it was wrong. So she had the baby. And then she was with this, like probably like a nine-year-old girl. They were at this protest together. And she said, um, well, now my mom's pro-life, but my dad, eh, he's, he still isn't. And um, then I just said something like, well, aren't you worried that all this, because it was like a Catholic rally. Um, aren't you worried all this Catholicism will rub off on you and cause you to relinquish your atheism? She's like, what? No, I've been an atheist since I was 13. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was interesting. And there was a woman outside of the sort of rally. It was a march to this rally outside of the rally with a gender, with like some California bill that would, ban so-called gender affirming healthcare in schools. And I was talking to her and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pro-choice. She's just like a, probably my age, you know, teenage kids. She's like, I am, um, but I need to stop this. She's like, it's weird for me to be around all these people I disagree with, but we have this in common. Cause she's like, I, you know, I think she's like, I'm not for abortion. I'm just think women should have the choice. But she's like, I just tell me how her daughter is plays soccer and she played a there was a boy on the team and yeah. she didn't get hurt or anything but the daughter was like yeah he wasn't even that good but he was he's just faster and stronger and bigger yeah. and you know i don't know if she had more experience with it but she was very obviously passionate about this but she was using a a, a fake name she's like my husband works in hollywood hmm. we, we can't we can't be open about this so um it goes to show that the, yeah, the coalition is issues like that yeah. make strange bedfellows. Right. And, um, you know, I'm, maybe she could be convinced of, of other things. What else was at the rally? That sounds like uh, oh, this is for the blaze you're doing this? Well, yeah, it's just my idea. I was like, yeah. let's do it on the ground. Let's before. do an abortion. Let's do a pro life issue. Oh, now, you know, when online mag, I like the idea of linked content. I mean, right now we just kind of post every day. Mm -hmm. So, Trying to look how other online places do it because because I like that I like these sort of old style like where there's a theme theme issue yeah yeah American Mind just hired me to do a really do an essay about Revolt of the Kids oh so yeah. they hired a bunch of us to all do Revolt of the Kids articles oh. about like really the impetus is since the Israel thing oh yeah the the whole idea that the, you know the youth like eighty percent of them think Hamas should have yeah. land where that's totally different than before. So where are they getting this information? So Spencer Clavin, who's great, he's one of these guys on yeah, the show. He, I remember hearing him on the podcast. Yeah. He was like so well-spoken and, and, and smart and educated. Yeah. Was... He, he's a gay, one of, one of these gay conservatives, but uh, he is a great editor. One of the, probably the best. You know what? That's what, had. that's what my colleague Helen Roy said. Yeah. She's like, he's the best person I've, I've ever been edited. By. Yeah, me too. I completely agree. He, he like completely gets what you're saying. He doesn't mangle it yeah. he makes it better and uh he's really a great editor but he hit a bunch of us up i think peachy keenan wrote one of these things about like yeah write an essay about how the kids are revolting like where are they getting them information so i wrote this piece about i don't know if you've ever done a in your marketing life tried to do a campaign for tiktok so I wrote oh, about yeah. trying I to saw do you yeah. you were talking about older people at yeah. the agency trying to yeah yeah, yeah, like hype dads trying to do a TikTok. Yeah, thing. no, I, I, 
I've had to come up with suggestions, but it never got past the uh, brainstorming stage. Thank God, because I can only imagine. Like, how, how do you? Well, so what I wrote about in the piece is. Uh, you know, I had been very resistant to TikTok, of course, like everybody in our shoes is. <laughs> and so, but I said, okay, I, since I'm, it was a freelance gig, I was like, I need to have ideas for TikTok. That was my whole job. Like, you know, break, break the internet TikTok yeah. type ideas. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to see what this is all about. And I just sat there. I literally went on my couch. I opened TikTok yeah. and I just scrolled, you know, swipe, 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 I've done swipe, that. swipe. I, I can see why I can see the appeal. Yeah. Like, and you really learn a lot. You, you do you learn you a do. lot yes. about about how kids communicate and how. And my point was that the best comedy in the world is on. TikTok. Yes, it's better than SNL. You have the funniest people I on agree. there and they're doing the same thing that SNL did. They're yeah. almost doing it better. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's like. It started with Vine and like I always loved these Vine compilations because they're just so funny. You I know, love it because yeah. they were they were very it was like six seconds. Really yeah, six for, seconds. really forced yeah. to be clever right. and right. yeah, and some of them do these great sort of tricks, visual tricks. Yeah. 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 You're playing a character, you're yeah. unpacking a character. There's my, my favorite one of them is this guy, Brian. Look at this. Why, why is on the another... screen? There's like no. a thumbs up. Um the, the, <laughs> there's nobody there. Okay. Uh but <laughs> But uh, it's not live. So anyway, there's this guy, Brian Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love yeah. him. He's he does the weird dude. filters yeah. and the songs. Yeah. And uh... and he plays these little characters. And each of his videos is like 60 seconds. But each character, their story is developing forward with each post. Oh, I love that. So I didn't notice. I didn't his most famous one is this. It's like a Mexican guy. And he does this weird face thing. And the Mexican guy is this like very basic, simple, like he's like a sweet, simple Mexican guy who like loves shopping at TJ Maxx. Yeah. And he sings these little songs. Oh, yeah. There's this, the one song got really big, like sitting on a huge. chair or something. Huge. Sitting is better than standing. Oh, yeah. It like totally yeah. blew up. And his wife, the guy's wife, is like a really alpha uh hispanic woman and like they he, they both have different accents and the characters he tells this character in 60 second bits yet it's completely complicated you totally like understand the relationship yeah between two of them and he's playing both characters and it's really like okay this is what this <clears throat> this is what humor it feels like you're watching like ancient roman humor or something yeah you know what i mean like, oh, you're, I think you're it's getting really... to the core of what humor like actually is i i love it i love this sort of corny yeah. normie stuff which they do a lot of like husbands and wife differences like wife putting out the recycling yeah <laughs> and the husband's yeah. like breaking it down yeah but can you and it's so simple but it's yeah. like hilarious it's great yeah but, yeah did you try to reverse engineer it for your job yeah so i'm not you know but the kind of the point of this article is that boomers and millennials they love big ideas how many yeah. times have you heard this in marketing? yes you know, it's not like, big enough yeah. what's the big idea yeah and then you're like what's what do you mean deal? what do you mean what's the fucking big idea and of course they where's can't the define beef? it yeah, yeah. They, they can't define what they actually mean but mm -hmm. they love these like grand narratives they love uh you know bad guys versus good guys yeah holocaust you know like the monster versus the this yeah everything has to be this big idea Whereas uh, Gen Z, it's completely the opposite. Everything is about, like, the, the example I use is, do you know who David Dobrik is? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So David Dobrik is like this millennial. He's kind of like a Mr. Beast. He's like, he's a well, yeah. YouTuber. Uh, he's like 23. Jason, that guy, Jason, he's like older. Yeah. He does a whole b- yeah. dynamic with him. Yeah. So Chipotle hired this guy, David Dobrik, to do a campaign. And what, you know, you think like the, the hype dad, the, the, the boomer is thinking he's going to have some amazing, huge idea that's yeah. going to like blow everybody's uh, yeah. mind. He did a lid flip challenge. Oh, yeah. Where it was, if you can flip your lid over two yeah. times and make it land on the top of your burrito bowl, you get like a free burrito bowl. That was it. It's like my son so watched simple. that. It's yeah, right. It's so like deceptively simple and easy, but people fucking loved it because that's how swipe culture works. It's all about yeah. like the very little subtleties between things. But and so it's not enough for them to present to their superiors. Exactly. Right. So they don't it's get like, it. So like all the ideas that I brought were like very simple, small ideas about like a sandwich artist, like the little annoyances the sandwich, yeah. sandwich artist has to but, deal with. I love that. Stuff. Yeah. The, yeah right. the little micro now, little stuff. micro things. Exactly. And so, but they were like, they, they looked at me like I was completely crazy. They were like, what? Like, they were like, what's the big idea? Where, where's the big concept? I'm like, there isn't one. Yeah, you're just making little tiny things. They're, they're still like, I guess, uh, Gen X. That's more like the irony, where it's like yeah. you get these kind of weird. It's like the Burger King commercials, where it was like the king and the yeah. creepy king map. Yeah, creepy that thing's more like the Gen X or yeah. millennial style, yeah. where it's big. Like, where it's like random. There's our like, character. Big, yeah, right. Or like yeah, old yeah. spice, you know. Right. Ads. Yeah. Um, and then yeah yeah exactly the, yeah the irony character the most interesting man in the but, world yeah but these, these are like they're not they're different from that right yeah these, these are just very it's much totally about like relatability gen z is very into there's a new taco bell ad that i you know it's not a great ad but i find it very interesting because in the taco bell ad it's like you know musicians like behind the scene and then one of them says you know when you have no money taco bell is one place you can go to really like stretch your dollars which yeah, to they me would is, never want you they to would say never that. say yeah, that yeah. back in the day you know like they would yeah. never be like they would advertise the cheapness of it but they would never be like when you have no money like you know saying that out loud i is, told someone you said this on your podcast yeah. about the just do it i told someone yeah. about that they were, they were like, wow yeah. just do it came from uh Gary gilmore. Gary gilmore just yeah. do it right and you're right yeah and, and it's good to yeah they used to go negative all the time right you know i think oh, volkswagen beetles used to do that and imagine and the, lemon i mean lemon the lemon ad is yeah. totally negative in every way yeah. you know and, and so it's like yeah no it's that's really been lost in marketing and i think i mean you know it'll it'll come back it'll survive you know people like uh dobrik are doing it they get it i mean they make it sound like it's some kind of scientific or psychological thing well no people can't if they associate the brand with, with negativity they're not going to buy it you but can't it, say anything yeah. bad at all if you say one it, negative thing it's all at all like, yeah you know, like no. you can't even use you can't even use a don't word, haven't they ever right? watched eight mile you gotta be like eminem and yeah. use all your flaws use them right. up so the other guy can't do it exactly no that's what like good marketing is it's like especially now i mean maybe for a while like that worked but yeah it's interesting um so so uh let's return to 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 movies and the blaze yeah. a little bit so we had this whole uh episode that i when are you going to release that me and my oh episode? you know I, I have to i've just been kind of like lazy about it's going to be hard to edit but it probably won't be right they're easy to edit. i don't edit it at all i'm it's not well, i'm not going to edit so right no so editing. i'm going to do it um i hope maybe i'll do it today when i get home yeah i should i can do it in my car I well so all. i'll put that if it's out in time i'll put that in the notes but oh, you yeah, I do that. I can, well yeah i have a deadline i'll do it today we t- we talked about this movie fair play yeah 
Oh, right. And it, we were thinking it's like one of these feminist workplace uh, yeah. films. So what was your thoughts on that movie? Yeah, so, um, you know, I remember when I went back to revisit it for our talk, I did see more of your point. That is kind of a feminist propaganda. You were pointing out that her character is is sort of this prodigy that's in a way she's perfect, right? She's flawless um, in that she she doesn't rise through the ranks with, with any so because of social skills or networking skills. It's just this guy just sees her raw talent. I yeah. guess she'd made some some picks and actually because she wrote something when she was in high school in the Wall Street Journal, which oh that's what which wasn't right. that impressed. I didn't understand what that was supposed to convey. It was just some kind of general bromide about thinking outside of the box. And he's like, you're not just thinking outside of the box. You're, you're or, blowing our mind. You're, oh, you're <laughs> running circles around it or, or something like that. And you're the best kite. Yeah, kite, yeah, you're the kite, yeah. Uh, what, you know, what did you say? Yeah, kite, kite flyer. flyer. Yeah, you're the best kite flyer we've ever seen. And then she disguises herself as a man to like to do the competitive <laughs> kite flying. And, yeah. and she falls in love with. And then they all realize, whoa, that girl can kite fly yeah. just as good as the guys. Yeah. So it's I like, guess what is not real. I what I but there was an element, but the movie was well done enough that they downplayed it. And yeah. the, the the mentor, the guy who picked her out, was kind of a dick. He's like a realistically uh, self-centered and and you know he, uh, there's that scene where she makes a mistake and loses this money. I mean, not wasn't her fault. Her her boyfriend gave yeah. her the idea, but she takes the blame and. He, he calls her a fucking bitch and she looks shocked. And he's yeah. like, you need me to say it again? Yeah. And then he apologizes later when she makes a better deal, kind of offhandedly has his assistant give her a big check. We yeah. trust this will be enough. So, so, you know, it was, it went down pretty easy, you know? It's and, good. And it has the woman that we both said, Phoebe. Who's, oh yeah. We, Phoebe, we, Phoebe Dinovore. I, I, I thought she was wonderful. She needs to change her name if she wants. Yeah. I'm not going to know how to even pronounce but, it. But anyway, we, we just, we'll, we'll put that in the, yeah. in the notes, yeah, but we'll upload it. I, yeah. I, I got to follow through on these things. No, 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 it's fine. So, so we'll put that in the notes, but then I guess what I wanted to ask, like, when are we going to start seeing the reverse of this? When will we start seeing like true anti longhouse films, right? Like, oh. does that exist? Are we ever going to get to a point where it's like the bad guy is this middle manager layer of like, because so many of us have experiences yeah. with men and women have experiences with this like professional managerial class of like overweight 40 something women. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I've had horrible experiences with these people, like truly been treated horribly. So do you think that we'll get to a point where those movies, somebody, I mean, cause somebody's writing that movie now, yeah. but it, there's no way it's going to get made. Like a corporate movie. Yeah. Like a corporate, like, a... like an anti longhouse film. Like will that ever? Happen? Yeah. I, I, I mean, the uh, you remember in the company of men, so I don't know oh, what that was recent, right? Well, that it was, was, like, no, it was like 94 oh. or 95. Yeah. It was that guy, Neil LaBute, oh. and he's Mormon, ah. uh, and was a playwright. I mean, this doesn't quite count because like these guys are like anti heroes, but it's basically these two schlubs in an office. Aaron Eckhart is the alpha, oh. and then this other sort of character, sort of paunchy, baldy actor. And there is a deaf girl, a cute deaf girl. And as 
as a joke or a prank, the um, alpha guy, Aaron Eckhart, um, they're, he's going to like seduce her or trick her or something. It really ends up being really cruel. And so it's supposed to be this haunting, harrowing condemnation of toxic masculinity, except Neil Labute isn't really a feminist. It's more like he just wanted to show, he's more like that nihilistic, I just want to show, this is how people are. He doesn't really make a judgment on these guys. And, um, but there's like a scene where Aaron Eckhart is, um, it's like an insurance company or something. He's he's high up enough that he's got people under him, but he's just, it's just like a bland white collar job. And there's some like younger, like black guy who, um, I don't know if he's an intern or entry level. And he, approaches him nervously and he uses the word ask and he says axe <laughs> and then uh Eckhart truly makes this point like well uh did you say axe you can ask me a question <laughs> do you want to try to get like stuff like that so yeah and it's shocking because you never see that kind of, of right. moment but yeah. but yeah that's not quite a, a good example um I don't know, you know, it's like office space is anti-longhouse yeah. and that, that really captured that. But not the, not a, it's anti like corporate, but not exactly anti-longhouse. Well, right. Cause this doesn't really have the, the sort of female, like that, bo that boss, uh, Gary Cole, I can't remember the name of the character is, is like your useless middle manager. Like, I'm going to need you to come in. Right. It has that passive aggressive kind of like, right okay well we really need with women it's always like well we really you know yeah i i think you're gonna have to to, to change this just because you know we, we don't really like it makes the, us a little uncomfortable you know yeah yeah which yeah it's very annoying and it'd be nice if you could just uh be like don draper and and yeah. and uh um but i just think so many people now are like suffering the the slings and arrows of of these you know i mean even even the proles even the nor like ultra normal people of of america now mostly work service jobs yeah so they're uh, all everybody is subject to hr now you yeah know, everyone is subject to this so i really do feel like there's going to be a whole if there you know if we didn't live in a basically communist hollywood that's, you know, race communist Hollywood. I feel like this could be a whole genre of movie, you know, like that's uh, a, anti long That's house. a great idea because yeah. it's not the cliche action movie or, yeah. cause I was going to say when you first mentioned it, I was like, oh, that guy that does those movies dragged across concrete. Yeah, I mean, that's I love Craig Zoller. I love those movies, yeah, but Zoller's yeah, but they're movie. more, they're like they're cop genre. movies. Yeah, they're genre films. Right, and, but it's like, I feel like we could have a whole new genre of like, workplace horror yeah kind of like updated office space right but like the new version of it where it's like you know you're dealing because we've all experienced i mean have you had horror stories inside the marketing world yeah well i've gotten uh i misgendered some girl on a call on a zoom call not deliberately i was just it was and and she was just a freelance writer like me but she was probably in her early 20s um looked like a girl you know maybe had a kind of like slightly butch but i wouldn't even if i don't even think she was a lesbian right so i'm just saying it was like really a great example of i'm just having these pronouns because i i just want to control how you think of me and i'm going to make you but anyway m m my, my point is we were 
she was the other writer on this coming up with these ideas. And we had been had this pre preliminary Zoom, just us and like this producer. And we were like exchanging ideas. And we both had a similar idea. And she was like, hey, oh, we should collaborate on this. And I was just like, I don't want to collaborate. But to be nice, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Why don't we just email back and forth? And I ended up taking something that she sent me and I kind of made some changes. And I was like, yeah, why? I think this would be good. And that was the end of our collaboration. But I thought like, okay, we had this. That was easy. I didn't really want to do that, but it was painless. And then we had the pitch in front of like the sort of partners and executive people. So it's like me and a bunch of, it was 40 somethings and 50 somethings. And then this 24 year old, and yeah, it does say they, them at the bottom of the, the Zoom screen. So I'm just pitching and, you know, Zooms are weird. You can't tell if people are reacting or not. I was like, oh, this, and I wasn't that into the assignment. So I was like, feeling the flop sweat and I was getting kind of like talking too fast. And I, and I was like, yeah, you know, and it's this idea. It's kind of like uh, what, what, what Zoe did, you know, what, her idea. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, she's like, uh, my pronouns are they, them, please don't misgender me. And, and then it just made me flustered because, you know, most, like most people, I'm not like a dick. I'm not trying to like put her on the spot. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. And then I did it again accidentally. And I just apologized to her. And and for me, the most eerie thing was this. This has to. This scene has to be in a movie. It was like, like how could this? Everyone work? just ignored it. It was like someone yeah. farted, and you just ignore it. it. Like, like whatever. All yeah. these like partners. I'm like, when I think of being that age, I never would have dared to. Yeah. Just interrupt someone. Right. And I just thought, why? I didn't, I didn't end up talking to her after that. I didn't need to, but I would have said, just did you really think I did it deliberately? Yeah. Why don't you just send me a little chat? Yeah. A gentle reminder. Like, why is it? And that just makes you think it really is just about kind of asserting yourself in power. And it's also just the double standard is so completely out of control. You know, it's like uh, that's really what I noticed about the Longhouse is it's not it would be one thing if it was like. Like, OK, the Chinese Cultural Revolution, it's like the kids take over yeah. and they put everybody in jail, <laughs> but at least they're kind of sticking to their own rules right uh, oh yeah the, the thing that yeah. i noticed working in all female environments is they don't stick to their own it's not like it's not like i've had i worked at one super long house place the, you know they told all the guys to like get up and stand up and turn around to see how tall we are you know oh, like, I've, so would, I've, I've never get that that's extreme. Get utterly drunk and like handsy and like Oh they, yeah, they were completely not caring about the rules that they were putting up. Yeah, it was just guys can't do this, <laughs> girls can do whatever they want. That was pretty much the the like. The, there was no the, yeah. the women did not even think twice. Oh, and if, about you, and if, you're, if you're a gay guy, then yeah, they, then right. they really oh, then take liberties. Like, oh, the gay guy can say the most inappropriate shit ever, yeah. and everybody's like, ah. Straight guy says the exact same thing. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to have a, a long and, talk about your, you know, that you made people uncomfortable. And and they can treat gay guys like they can yeah, be like, exactly. make the crassest remarks. So, yeah, and, like, and it's like, that's the part that really is why it's going to die. Because it's like, it's not a real ideology. It's just resentment. It's yeah. just anger at men. That's that's all. That well, I've never faced that extreme where yeah. people are, yeah, you stand up and. and oh, yeah, dude. Make no. a muscle in the mirror. Basically, kiss your biceps. Totally. 
totally. I mean, yeah, I, I got this. Is I like, work from home. Mostly, I could have so. completely fried these people. And I didn't. I didn't because I was like, well, that would be very hypocritical. Of me. But, <laughs> yeah. But I could have. Yeah. I should. You know, and that's what you realize is like, that's the game they're all playing. So like, I should have oh, probably yeah. played the game back with them. But yeah, uh, that could be like a one of those earnest biopics. Yeah. You took yeah. a stand. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like these women's been grabbing our yeah, been crotch grabbing grabbers my dick all day um cool man well dude yeah. we we should uh wrap this up yeah. but uh thank you so much for oh. coming in so yeah where can we find all of your stuff well um i'm on twitter as matt himes m-a-t-t-h-i-m-e-s and that has links to like the podcast which i'm gonna upload the third episode in yeah. probably it's a good months. idea man it's a, Thank yeah, you. Nobody's gonna... doing that. Nobody has like the the gender podcast. I think that that's yeah. That, I, that is like I, I just fell into the the usual trap of like taking two months in between episodes. So you, all you need is you just need a system. Yes, that's you what I realized. You need a system that's like reduced down to mm -hmm. the simplest yeah. thing, and then once you get the system in shape, like it, it's much easier. And the more you do, yeah, like interviewing. You know, I was. Yeah. I was kind of nervous when we met to talk, and I was like, oh, I've never really. Yeah, you know. No, that went well. I but I thought it went well. Is it? You know, it is. It's a good. You get into a little sort of a flow, and it, and it's good. So yeah, I'd say Matt Himes at uh, yeah Twitter at Matt Himes. The podcast is MF. There's a link there, and I link to the um the stuff that and I the do, blaze blaze, blaze you and find all, you and on the th that, that's linked there too. Yeah, yeah. So cool. So that's it. All right. Thank you. Pleasure being here. <laughs>